Father, may you bless your word and give us ears to hear and a heart to receive. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We're getting ready to start this new series. And it's basically is going to be talking about who are we? Who are we? In Christianity, sometimes we get stalemated or we get lost or we lose our identity. We know that we're saved, but then we're not living this saved life. A lot of times we're saved, but then we're not looking for the purpose for which God apprehended us or saved us. And everyone that Jesus has saved and called to himself, he did not call you to be a bench warmer. You can't show me in any sport that anybody who's just happy sitting on the bench because their goal is to do what? Get in the game. Get in the game. That should be the goal of the Christian. Getting into the game. And oftentimes what has happened along the way is that we look for the church to get us in the game. The church is not going to get you in the game. You got to get yourself in the game. Because oftentimes we forget that Jesus Christ is the head of our life. And he will direct us into what he would have us to do. And what to work at. And maybe my work is my next door neighbor. Maybe my work is the kids in my area. Maybe my work is at where I'm working with the people that I'm working with. Maybe my work is prayer. That I'm a prayer warrior and I'm praying over the needs of the church. I'm praying over the youth of the church. I'm praying over the marriages of the church. My work is prayer. Maybe my work is coming up and doing anything I can do at the church. Maybe it's just raking the yard. Maybe it's blowing the leaves. Maybe it's just seeing whatever can be done, working with one of the trustees. My work, what is it? Now, we're all called to be witnesses. But I, I think what we've forgotten is simply this. We witness more by what we do than what we say. For people are really looking for Christians who are willing to stand up and be Christians and to be different. And I believe we are called to be different. We are called to be different. Our difference is not just coming to church on Sunday morning. Our difference is seven days a week, 24 hours, that people are seeing us in a different light than what they normally see people through the world. And the question is, who are we? Who are we? Our young people are asking that. They see all these old people praising the Lord, telling them about the Lord, what they ought to be doing about the Lord, but they're looking at our lives and saying, what's so different about your life than the life that I'm living? There got to be something that speaks to them other than your mouth. They got to see it in your life. They got to see it in your daily devotions with the Lord. They got to hear you walking around the house talking about the Lord. They got to hear you thinking that you're crazy for the Lord. Okay? If you come in here and jump on Sunday, they know you the rest of the week. Okay? But the Lord has called us to be light. To be light. And we're going to go through some of the things that the Lord has called us to be. And understanding who we are. Because oftentimes I think we forget who we are. But where God has placed us, he wants us to shine for him. And to be light in that dark place. To be light. And oftentimes we forget that we're called to be light. We're called to be light. And what hinders our light is our sinfulness. What hinders our light is that we have made him Lord. What hinders our light is that we have not sanctified ourselves to his will. What hurts us for being light is that we come to a point mentally and we just say, oh, I'm saved. And that's all there is to it. God's called you for more than just salvation. But you have to recognize that. 
is more than just being saved. It's more than just missing hell. It's more than just trying to be good. He's called you to use you for his glory. And whenever God is using you, your light shines. Because you're saying unto a dying world, Lord, let me be light in this dark place. Let me be light in this place of misunderstanding. Let me speak with the voice of wisdom. Let me have words of encouragement. Let me be the light that shows kindness. Let me be the one who is a helping hand. Let me be the one who is able to hold his tongue and not criticize everything that's going on at the workplace or in the house or in that person's life. But Lord, let me just shine for you. Let me just shine for you. And that has to be a determination in each one of our lives that we want to be light for the Lord. That we want to be light. Go with me to John 8, 12. And again, if you don't have your Bible, if you don't have a roadmap, you're right. You don't know what you are to be doing. If you're not in the word of God, you are disturbed in mind and heart. Because it's through the word that we find peace. It's through the word of God that we discover who we are and what our purpose really is. So in John 8, in verse 12, he says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. John focuses on this whole thing about God, the Lord Jesus Christ, being light. And Jesus says, I'm the light of the whole world. I am the light. I'm the one who steps into this dark place and give light. I'm light. And oftentimes at night, I'll grumble to myself because I can get up at night and I don't even turn on the light. Going into the bathroom and everything, Elaine would get up at night and she would turn on the light and I said, there go another nickel. You know. You know. And, and the whole process is just to move. See? And, and, and here is in the light. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. And he, he says, I'm the light of the world. Now, now catch which follow. Whoever follows me, whoever follows me will never walk where? In darkness. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I'm in the dark, Lord. I got all these people around me living in darkness. But remember what the Lord's promised you. That you won't walk in darkness. That even though you're in the dark, you're in the light. Can you understand that? I got darkness all around me. But I'm in the light. I have a light that directs my path. I have light that I can see. And everybody else around me live in darkness. And he says, those who follow me walk in light. No matter how dark it is. But you got to understand, God's called you to be light. And when you're walking in the light, others can follow you. And when your light is shining... You give enough light for others to see. He says, those that follow me will never walk where? Yeah. Some Christians live in darkness. And what they don't understand, when they're living in darkness, God can't prosper them. When they're living in darkness, God can't bless them. When they choose to live in darkness, God can't direct their path. When they choose to live in darkness, they need to understand that they have chosen not to be able to see what will come against them. But when you're in the light, you're able to see what's coming against you. When you're in the light, you're able to see the roadblocks that Satan is setting up. When you're in the light, you're able to have understanding of what's going on in your life. 
When you're in the light, God gives you victory. He shows you how to conquer these things. But when you're in the dark, you're in failure. You're in failure when you're in the dark. And he says, if you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness. But again, who has to make the decision to follow? Because he won't make you. He won't make you follow. But if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, the joy of life that you experience is something. Go over to Matthew 5.14. We're going to come back to it, the last part. But just go over there and look what he says in 5, starting in verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. If I'm living in you and you're following me, he says, you become the light of what? Of the world. And the world is in what? Darkness. And God has placed you to be light, to give light, and to shine for him, to glorify him. We're going to come back to this first. And he says, boy, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. He said, cannot be hidden. Now, even though you take something and put over light, does the light still shine? The issue now is how bright is that light? Sin dims our light. Sin dims our light. Sin is that bushel that we try to put over the light. But the light is still there. What people often don't recognize is this here. Paul states it, and I think this is what hurts you and I. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And I think for a lot of us, we're ashamed of being Christians based on the conduct and behavior that God demands from us because we want to blend in like the world and live like the world. So though we want to be saved and we can go back and say, yes, I said the sinner's prayer, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm ashamed of living the life. So I try to put this hood over it to dim the light because the light is there. But now I'm trying to hide it. And how do I try to hide it? Through my sin. And when I live in sin, I'm living contrary to the way in which I have been born of God. And I'm trying to hide this light. Because I don't want people to know I'm light. I don't want people to know that. I don't want people to know that I am saved. Therefore, when I go into these dark places at night, into these places I shouldn't be on Fridays and Saturday night, I'm praying, my light don't shine. My light don't shine. Why? Your light will give you away. Your light will say, you you don't fit in here. Your light says that you're someone different. And you're trying to hide yourself from the reality of who you are. And the Lord said, be light. Be light. And it's much easier to live who you are than to try to fake through it. Amen. And he goes on there and he says, boy, in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Go with me to Exodus 27. Exodus 27, because we are light. 20 and 21. He says, command the Israelites to bring you clear oil. They got oil from the olive tree, from the fishes, and I forget the other thing that they got it from. But they got the oil that the candlesticks or the lamps might burn continuously. One of the things that you could bring to the Lord as a gift offering was oil. Because it was needed in the temple that the oil lamps might burn continuously. 
based on this very fact, wherever God is, there's light. Wherever God is, there's light. And he says, command the Israelites to bring you clear oil of pressed olives for the light so that the lamps may be kept burning in the tent of meetings outside the curtain that is in front of the testimony. Aaron and his sons are to keep the lamps burning before the Lord from evening till morning. This is to be a lasting ordinance among the Israelites for the generations to come. Them lights were to burn what? Constantly. And the oil. The oil also is a symbolicness of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that when we study the word anointed. What it is to be anointed. Because we hear everybody say, I'm anointed, I'm anointed, I'm anointed. We're going to look at that word. But also understand that oil was the symbolicness of the Holy Spirit also. Oil, he says, bring it. That the lamps might burn continuously. 24 hours. If you're a Christian, are you a Christian only 8 hours a day? Are you a Christian only 4 hours out the day? Are you a Christian, okay, let's say 20 hours out the day? Let's say you're an outstanding Christian and you're a Christian 23 hours and 45 minutes a day. You only use 15 minutes for yourself. And God says, I won't accept it. Because my light is to burn how often? Continuously. Continuously. And if we are being what God has called us to be, the light, we are burning continuously. We're shining constantly for his glory. It doesn't go out. It doesn't go out. And he says, we are the light of the world. And he says, be light. Be light. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill your life with that oil that is needed that you might shine. Because you won't shine without the Holy Spirit. You won't be seen without the Holy Spirit. And he says, shine. Be light. And it's a constant. Now go to 1 John with me, 1.5. Why are we to be light? And we need to understand that in being that light, we are very much then carrying out one of the characteristics of God. It identifies us. It allows others to know who we are. Understand this. People don't know who you are just by your mouth moving. They know who you are by the way in which you live. And that's what they respect. That's what they honor. Is your character of how you are living. So, in 1 John 1, 5, he simply says, get there. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. Now, now look at the little message that's being declared. God is what? If God is light, if my heavenly Father is light, how do I resemble my Father? By being what? Light. By being light. By being light. For God is light. What should I be? Light. And he says, you are the light of the world. Why? Because I'm representing who? My heavenly father. I'm light. I'm light. You ever hear people say to others, you look just like your mother? You look just like your father? Why shouldn't we look like our heavenly father? If we've really been born from above, should not we have some characteristics of him? Amen. And he says, we're light. Amen. Be light. Let your light shine. Let it shine. Then go back to Exodus with me. Chapter 14. 
verses 19 and 20. I want you to catch this picture. He's going to show us two groups of people. If you follow this all the way through, you will find those who walk in the light are the blessed ones. And those who choose to live in darkness, even though they are saved, they receive the same basic benefits as those who are unsaved because they refuse to walk in the light. And when you refuse to walk in the light, it's not that you're not God's child, is that you want to be over there on the other side. And because you're on the other side, you live in darkness and you suffer the same thing that they suffer. The only thing different, you're saved as by fire. That's all. You're in the heaven because you made a confession. But the rest of your life, it don't shine for the Lord. And if people were to ask if you were a Christian, maybe, maybe not. I heard him say that. I heard him say that. But I don't really know. See, as we get in, the, in a couple of weeks, that should be very distinct. As Christians, we should be very distinctive. It shouldn't be left for people to guess about where we stand with Jesus Christ. In verses 19 and 20, he says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of the Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Catch, catch that picture now. One time God is leading you, but here comes the enemy. So God takes up what position now? Isn't that something? When he tells you to put on the full armor of God, when you read that in Ephesians, it covers everything in the front. And he said, if you've done all else, just stand. Who got your backside? God does. God does. He repositioned himself from the leading, went back to the rear, and he becomes the protector there. And he's between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. Now, look what else is going to take place here. And I think God gives us a picture. Hell is usually described as being dark. But yet, God still allowed life to remain. A lot of people believe that if you go to hell, you're just dead and you know nothing. No such thing. Scripture doesn't teach that. You receive an eternal body for that damnation of fire and what all is going to happen to you in hell. Just like those who are going to heaven receive a body that is fit for heaven. He goes on in that verse 20. He said, <coughs> Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel, throughout the night the cloud brought what? darkness. Now, now look what's happening. The cloud moved and, and God's in the cloud, but in those people's life he brought what? Darkness. Don't think God can't bring darkness into your life. When you're disobedient and when you choose not to follow him, God can bring some gloomy days into your life where you don't know what's going on. There's no such thing for a Christian as bad luck, is disobedience. Hey, it's not bad luck. It's willful disobedience, and you're weeping what you have sown. And God brings this darkness upon them. But on the other side, he says, to the one side, light to the other side. Darkness on one side, light on the other side. But the same God is doing it both. Catch that picture. For those of the Egyptian army, he gives darkness. For those unbelievers, he gives darkness. 
But for those who are trusting him, he gives light. Go with me a little bit further. To one side, the light. To the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. One's in darkness, don't know which direction to go. The other one's in light, and they're doing something. But they're not going that way, towards the dark. Follow a little bit further. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. And the Israelites went through the sea on dry land with a wall of water on their right and on their left. So, you got a group over here in darkness, and guess what? They're doing nothing. Nothing. A lot of times in the dark, you can't do a lot, can you? Hey. But over here where there's light, how many people came out of Egypt? Over a million people came out of Egypt. And when it should have been dark, maybe, God's given them light for they can escape who? Those who want to destroy them. Understand this. When you walk in the light, darkness may be after you, but if you keep looking at the Lord, he'll make that light that you can go ahead and make your progress and walk on through. Amen. Though the enemy is after you, God, as Scripture says, we say it all the time, God is the one who makes a way out of what? And look where they were at. And all that time, God gives light for that they can move away from the enemy. Now, the reason God gives you light in this life is that you yourself can make the decision to move away from the enemy. And you have light that you can see what's going on in your life. But those in darkness couldn't move. And they make no progress. And when you live in darkness, year after year goes by and you wonder why you haven't moved. You're in the same old rut you've been in for the last two, three years. You're doing the same old thing you've been doing and you haven't made no progress because you're in the dark and not where? In the light because the people who were in the light were not sitting still. They were going on over to the promised land. They were moving. And the whole process is what God does. When you're in the light and you walk in the light, God will cause you to progress. He'll move you forward. He'll do it. In Proverbs, he says to shine. And look what he does with the one who is saved and the one who is not. Go over to Proverbs 13. Go to verse 9. I'm messed up here. Where am I? Here it is. The light of the righteous do what? Shine brightly. The light of the righteous shine brightly. Not because of what you are per se, but who you are in Christ. It says you shine brightly. Now, what does it say about the wicked person? But the lamp of the wicked is what? Snuffed out. Snuffed out. There is no light. So when there's no light, they're trying to make their way in this dark world with no light. They're trying to make their way through this world with, real, with no understanding. And the Lord says that he gives us a lamp unto our feet that we might know where we're stepping at. That we're not worried about stumbling over this and stumbling over that or running into this or running into that. 
His word becomes a lamp unto our feet. That we're not stubbing our toes. And we're on sure ground. And we see our direction. We may not see the end of the road, but we see as much as we need to see. Isn't that strange about a car light? You can't see all the way down the road, but you see enough, don't you? That gives you confidence to do what? To keep moving. That's what God's light does for us. It gives us just enough to keep us moving in the right direction that we need to go. And he says, shine brightly for him. Be light. And again, in Exodus 27, 20 through 21, that the lamps would be just, they would just keep burning. Don't allow the world to put your light out. Don't allow the teaching of the world and the things of the world to cause you to put a bushel over your light. Don't cause yourself to be hindered and allowing your light to shine. Because God wants you to shine for his glory and for his praise. We are to be what? Light. And not ashamed of it. And shine brightly for him. He says, be light. Be light. Be light. And we want to be that constantly for his glory and for his praise. We want to be light. And we just want to keep on burning and burning and burning and burning. Now, go back to 1 John 1, 7. And the word I want you to catch is the word if. If. If we walk in the light. Because that if is saying it's a condition and you're the one who has to agree with it. God's not making you do it. 1 John 1, 7, he says, but if we walk, but if we walk, as the author of the book may recognize, some of us may not what? We may not do it continuously. But he gives us this affirmant, if we walk in it, we're safe. And if we walk in it, we have fellowship with the Father. If we walk in it, we will prosper. If we walk in it, but it's left up to who? You and I. For you and I. And he simply says, but if you walk in the light as he is in the light, he's never in darkness. He's always in the light. But you're the one who has to make the decision. Are you willing to be light? Are you willing to walk in light? He says of the world that the world loves darkness. How many of you ever go to a bar and find it all lit up? See, when I was a young man, I didn't know it. Boy, I thought, boy, the darker the party, the better the party. But that's not true when it comes to the things of the Lord. The real party of the Lord takes place in the light, not in the dark. And the whole thing with us, we're so conditioned by the world that we do everything in darkness. We do everything in secret. We do everything deceptively. All that's on the dark side. Paul says, my life should be an open book. An open book. Okay. Let me share something with you. If God wants somebody to know about your business, he'll open your life. He'll open your life. A young lady who used to attend our church and we was helping her and, and so forth, help, we helped her while she was on welfare to save her money, bought her a car, helped, helped, helped her get on her feet and we kept trying to share with her. Now, don't let no young men sneak in on you. The old pastor, that ain't happened to me. That ain't happened to me. And we were talking on the phone one day. And sometimes I have a habit. I don't hang up real fast. I wait for the dial tone or whatever. Well, somebody put that phone on speakerphone. 
And after I'm done talking with her, now I hear her and the young man talking. And they're laying in bed. So I'm hearing everything in bed. So the next time I saw her, I said a couple of things that were said in that bed, bedroom. And her thing was, But remember something. The Lord will sneak into the king's bedroom, into the king's secret meetings and tell his people what's going on. What is done in the dark will be brought out to what? God doesn't lie. What you do in the dark, it eventually comes out. When you think you're getting over on somebody or, or you're deceiving somebody, God will shout it from the housetop. Quiet. God don't care nothing about your so-called personal business. And what God wants you to know, you are his business. Everything about you, if you are his child, everything about you, everything you do is his business. Because he wants you to shine for him and you represent him. And he says, if you walk, in the light. Have you made a decision? Have you said to yourself, I'm going to walk in the light? See, you're the one that has to come to that place. You're the one who has to say it. You're the one who has to commit to it. You're the one who says, I'm going to be light for the glory of God. You're the one that has to say, I'm going to shine in the dark place where God placed me that others might see. That's a decision that you have to make. God's not going to make you shine for him. That's something you have to want to do from within. You have to want to be godly. You have to want to be pure. You have to want to be holy. You have to want to be satisfied. You have to want. Now catch this. You have to want to be kept by God. You have to want to be kept. Hey, my dad used to say, the door swings both ways. Nobody's going to keep you here. Anytime you think you can make it out there, you can go. Hey, I think God has a similar. If you think you can live life without me, go ahead and try it. Let's see what happens with it. You have one messed up, miserable life. Okay. And you'll be exactly what Isaiah says. Nothing but filthy rags. Okay. But God clothes his children. God provides for his children. God gives good counsel and wisdom to his children. But the condition is, is this. Is that we walk with him as he is in the light. And we are willing to be light for him. Now, let's look at this Matthew again. In closing out. <clears throat> In Matthew 5, he says, be that light. In the same way, let your light shine. Who has control of the dimmer switch? You do. You can turn it to where it's just about where? Off. And it's hard to see. Because God gives you control of the dimmer switch. You can raise it up by your commitment to him. By your dedication to him. You can raise it up by your studying of him. You raise it up by being obedient to the Holy Spirit. You raise it up in your prayer life. You raise it up that you're talking with the Lord all day long. That song is real. I've been with the Lord how long? All day long. That can happen. And when that happens, you, you got it all the way up. And God allows you to be in control of the dimmer light and how much light you want to shine. And therefore he says, let your light shine. 
You're in control of it. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. How much of it is up to you, but let it shine. And he says, let your light shine. And then he gives you where? Before men. When you allow your light to shine, you're not ashamed of God in your home. You're not ashamed of God before your children and your grandchildren. You're not ashamed of God before your neighbors and your friends. You're not ashamed of where you work at to let that light shine. That's who you are. You are the light of God. God is light and he lives in you. And he says, be light. Why? Be holy, for I am holy. Be light, because I'm in light. I am light. I'm the God of light. In Revelation 21, it tells us, it won't need no sun in heaven, because the brightness of the sun will provide all the light that is needed. And if Christ lives in you, he provides all the light that you need to move in this earthly plane. That you will not walk in darkness, but that you'll be in light. And that you can light the life of other people that they can see. He says you let your light shine before men. Before others. That you're not ashamed of him. You don't bring it down low. In church, boy, you take that control switch and you do what? You put it up here. You speaking in tongues. You running up and down. You doing this. You got everybody seeing your light. But when you step out in the world, you pull that dimmer down. Hey. And it should be just the opposite. When we come in here, we ought to be saying, Lord, fill my cup. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill it until I want no more. For that when I go out there, I can push that switch up. And knowing that the power is there for me to shine and to shine brightly. He says, let it shine before men. Why? That they may see your good deeds. Now understand, oftentimes we talk about good deeds God left you here for a purpose. And what you do and what your hands do, he said, whatever you do, it, do it as you are doing it as unto who? Unto the Lord. You don't work for man. You work for the Lord. And whatever work you're doing, you're shining for him. And you're shining brightly for him. And he said, I want people to see what a child of mine really looked like. I want my child to show off. I want my child to sparkle. I want my child to be the brightest thing there. And he says, be the light in the deeds that you do, in the things that you do. Shine brightly in your work. Don't go to work, oh, I'm, I'm only going to give him six hours. Don't go to work well, I'm tired and they didn't treat me right. Go to work with an ambition to do more than you did the day before. Don't worry. If God wants to slow you up, he'll slow you up. He got ways to sending people into your office. He got ways of having the machine don't work right. He got ways of cutting down the computer when he wants some of your attention. He has ways of putting people around you that will slow you up and you won't move no faster. No. But on a good day and God says, give me 100%, give him 100% without one bit of complaining and go overboard. Do more. Do more. Do more. Because in your doing more, it's not you, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Going to work saying, I'm going to be a blessing to this company. Why? Because God put me here to help this company to prosper. Man. God sent me here to help this company put out the best product it can put out. God put me here to serve people. And I'm going to touch as many people as I can with the love of Christ. You want to shine. 
in your deeds. You got a neighbor that may not be too good of a neighbor, but you're going to shine for that neighbor. And you're going to help that neighbor. And you may say, Lord, you don't know what I got to live. You don't know what I got to put up with. Shine. My daughter was having a dispute with her neighbor over about two feet of land. And so she called me down too, and we went and we sat with the older lady and lived next door. And the property line shows, yeah, Tyler could put her barrels where they were. They're on her property. And, and the old lady looked up at Tyler. She said, you read your Bible. <laughs> I would want to crack up myself. <laughs> Do you read your Bible? I believe what the Bible says. Be a good neighbor. And, uh, and I asked her, I said, ma'am, are you saying the garbage cans are what is disturbing you? She said, yes, they make my property look bad. Well, that is her property she's sitting on, but it makes my property look bad. Tyler, put them garbage cans on the other side of the garage and let's be at peace. No. And sometimes for us, it's just doing the little thing. That sometime our pride will jump up and dim our light. That's my property. I have a right. I can do whatever I want to do. No. Put them cans on the other side and let your light shine. Hey. And there's things sometime in life we just have to give in to. Even though we have a right, we give in to it that the light can just shine. Your good deeds. And then what is the results of your good deeds? God says when you let your light shine and you do good deeds, it's not so much that people will come back and praise you, but they'll praise your heavenly Father. See, I think sometime we're looking for the praise to come back to who? To us. It ain't about him. It's really about who? Hey. And what we want to recognize, it is really about him. That everything I do is about his glory. It's about his praise. And how I live life it's about him, if I'm honoring him. Whether if I'm eating, drinking, or whatever I'm doing, does it bring glory to God? And he says, they're going to look at your light. They're going to see you doing. They're going to see you doing the good deed. They're going to see you doing the kindness. They're going to see you doing the work. They're going to see you, but they're not going to praise you. They're going to praise me. Now that is some type of life. Catch this. God says, they see you doing, but they're going to praise me. Catch what he's saying. They're going to see you, but they're going to know that you've been empowered and energized by me to do it. When you let your light shine, and it's beyond what is called the natural man, it's something divine at work and not the natural man. And he says, they're going to praise me. So something has to happen in the eyesight of the people that they see more than just who? Yes. And they praise God because now they're able to witness a God working in an individual and allowing that light to just shine. And they know from which it is coming from. It's of God and not of man. 
It's of God and not of man. And he says, let the light shine. Let the light shine. Be light. And I think we have forgotten that. That we are to set the example. We go into places and we set the standards. We go into places, we set the tone of it. We go into places and we build the environment of it. We go into places that are dark sometimes and we bring the light. We go into places where there's total disgruntedness and we bring peace. We go into a place where it's total negative and we bring hope. We go into a place where people have no sense of hope and we bring encouragement. We are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Let your light shine, not just while you're at church, not while you're just with your Christian friends, not while you're just in a right place where you want people to know that you're a Christian, but learn to let your light shine continuously wherever you are. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you and praise you for your loving kindness unto us. And Lord, we are so thankful that you've called us, O oh God, to be light in this dark world. And that, Lord, you are equipping us to be the light of the world. You are the one who has told us, Lord, to let our light shine. Help us, Lord, not to hinder that light. Help us not to be ashamed of that light. Help us, O oh God, that we would want our neighbors to see the light, our children to see the light, our grandchildren to see the light, those who we work with to see the light, that, Lord, that we be light for you, O oh God, and that, Lord, our fellowship with thee is in the light. Lord, thank you for declaring who we are. For there are times we do lose our way. We can sing that little song, let my little light shine, but we got to remember who gives the oil, who gives the power to allow that light to shine. You do. And Lord, we don't want to hinder it with our sin. May you, O oh God, make us conscious of sin. May you make us conscious of the smallness of sin, because the smallness of sin can dim the light. And Lord, we want to shine brightly for you. We want to be a lighthouse for you. We want to be, the Lord, that city that shines upon a hill that cannot be missed. We want, O oh God, not our mouth to convince people that we're saved, but, O oh God, the light that penetrates from our lives tells people that we are saved and that we are your children. Lord, may you work in us, O oh God, and help us to shine brightly for you and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you're here today and you never accepted Christ, you can't shine without him. You can't shine without him. And the scripture says today is the day of salvation. If you want to come right now, you can come. 